you've found the Rock Hesperia and are on your way to building a solid life. We make disciples here. If you, your children, or anyone comes to Jesus, hears his sayings, and does them, your life will become solid. So let's get to it. Amen. All right, well, let's get into the apostles' teaching today. We're in the series called The Beloved. Thank you. Someone's been paying some attention. I appreciate that. And this is message number four, although I hesitate to give you the title just yet. Can we look at the scripture first? Yes, thank you. Uh, We're opening to the book of John. John's in the New Testament. It's the fourth gospel that we find there to kick it off. And uh, if you can open to the book of John, what chapter are we in? Still, (laughs) one. It's going to be a while, folks. And the truth is, like, I just have so much to say. And Pastor Caleb told me, he's like, don't say everything that you want to say. You only say what they need to hear. And I said, okay, okay. And so that was part of my commission, <laughs> accepting this position. So, all right, uh, kids, I want uh, a microphone, first of all. I, I know that there was one here, uh, but kids, I want you to, I want someone to volunteer to read John 1, verses 9 through 11. Thank you, my love. And for those of you watching on the screen, that was my wife. Uh, I don't just, just, just throw that out to anyone. Um, Kids, who wants to read? Well, people got to know. I was like, what kind of church is this? You know, it's crazy. Uh, John chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. Who wants to read them? I'm looking for a child today because we've had some adults read, and that's good. Oh, I found one over here with a high hand. All right. Are you ready to read John verses 1, verses 9 through 11? The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. Thank you. Good job, Olive. That's what we do around here. We're a family-style church. And we invite our families to participate. And then you know what happens when your family starts participating in the Word? They get it. They read the Word right along with us. They hear the same message that we hear. They have their own activity sheets and such that they can do at their level. But I couldn't tell you, when Olive came and brought that page home last week, she had drawings, she had scriptures, she had questions, she had answers. It was deep. It was deep. And then my nephew over here, <coughs> pardon me, is giving these incredible answers to these questions that I throw out to you. So this is an exciting time, and this is how we do it, because our children will be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of our children. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. All right, so now, kids, can you tell me, is light good? Don't just nod. The people can't, can't hear your nods. Yes. Okay, light is good. So can you think, can anyone think of a bad light? What's a bad kind of light? Anyone, can anyone think of a bad light? You can think of a bad light? The dark. Oh, the dark, like a dim, dim light. Okay, the dark. The dark is the absence of light. Right? So the dark doesn't... Well, Chloe, what do you think? A light that's flicking on and off. Oh! <laughs> Chloe! That is deep. 
Man, that is deep. A light that's flicking on. I didn't even have that in my notes. A light that's flicking on and off. Where's your consistency? Where's the light? I got a little light over here, but, you know, dark. James says double-minded people are unstable in all their ways and don't expect the Lord to do anything for you. That's what James says. What? If your light flickers on and off, the bad kind of light that Chloe said. Chloe, how old are you? Seven. Man, that's insight. The Lord just taught me by a seven-year-old. I love, I wish I was in my notes. Because I work on these beforehand. All right, can anyone else think of a bad light? All right, one in the back. Aaron, you got one too? Well, if you own a car, a check engine light is a bad light. Check engine light. (laughs) Oh, man, see? That's so good. Hey, we we may be having a problem, right? Aaron, did you have one? Yeah. All right. I saw. I can. I can so, recognize your face. The light from the flash of the camera when you run the red light. Oh! <laughs> it's like I got you. I see you, uh, Pastor Caleb. Has anyone seen the Lord of the Rings? Right, and Sauron is the, the the bad guy. And and Pastor Caleb would always kind of ominously like sing this hymn. There's an all-seeing eye watching you, watching you. There's an all-seeing eye watching you. <laughs> And it's creepy when he does it that way. But the, the thing is, the Lord does see everything, right? And so for us, we might feel like, oh, you got me. You know, you, you saw that. You saw I ran that light. And I knew what I was doing. You know, you saw it. And the Lord does see it. But he says, look, check your engine. Check your speed. You're careening into danger. So that, that light, while it, it's a little like terrifying for us sometimes it's still a good light now what this also is not on my notes but you know what I thought Roxanne you don't have to put on the red light right those days are over all right um sting sometimes you know just comes through what about the blue light not the Kmart blue light that's an all right light got a blue light Special, that's right. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, the blue light went for the bug zapper, right? Well, I guess it depends if it's good or bad who you are. If you're the person or if you're the bug, right? <laughs> Don't go to the light. It's so beautiful. You know, um, what was that movie? It was a Pixar movie? All right. Um, it may have been A Bug's Life. Uh, it's like these bugs saying, I went toward the light and all I got was zapped, right? How about, how about if you watched Harry Potter? That, the green light, and then that thing comes up in the sky. That's no good, right, Chloe? You know what I'm talking about. It's bad news, right? The dark mark and all that. Okay, it's bad news. So, light is good. And in this verse, verse 9, we're talking about the true light. I'm waving this thing around like there's some reason for it. Put it down. There's a true light. Someone say true light. light. All right, so what does that indicate to you? That there is also a false light, right? Uh, In Matthew 24, verses 23 through 24, it says false Christs, yikes, false Christs and false prophets 
will arise and perform great signs and wonders. Oh, so they're going to do some great things, but they're false. They're not prophets. They're not Christ. There's only one Christ, right? And they're not even prophets, but they're going to be able to do some things. There's some false light out there. Great signs and wonders, so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. What about this in Acts 22, verses 6 through 9? It says, a great light from heaven suddenly shone around me. Who, know, who knows who's speaking here? Paul. That's right. Thank you, Linda. And I fell to the ground and I heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I answered, who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth. So who's this great light? <laughs> Jesus of Nazareth. Remember, John is talking about light and life, light and life, light and life, all through his gospel. I'm Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. Now, those who were with me saw the light, but they didn't understand the voice. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14, it says, even Satan disguises himself as an angel of are there false lights and is there a true light yes Yes, there is the true light jesus says in john 8 12 which we'll get to (laughs) in a few years i don't know i am the light the light of the world whoever follows me will not walk in darkness but will have the light of life jesus said that he also said in john 9 as long as i am in the world I am the light of the world. And then in 1 Thessalonians 5, 4 through 6, it says, but you are not in darkness, brothers. Right? Chloe was saying, it's bad not to have light. And she's right. But it says, but you are not in darkness, brothers. Online, you, you gathering here, you are not in darkness, brothers and sisters. For that day to surprise you like a thief, for you are all children of Light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. It's that on off, on off, on off. So I'm sleeping now. I'm I'm sleeping now. I'm I'm not alive. I'm not awake spiritually right now. My light is, I've hidden under a bushel just for a few minutes so I can fill in the blank, right? No, no, no. We're going to let our light shine before men. In fact, so shine before men that they may see our good deeds and glorify our Father in heaven. Amen. So where does Paul get this? You're children of light stuff. He gets it from Jesus. Jesus in Matthew 5, 14 says, you are the light of the world. Yeah, but just a second ago, he said, I'm the light of the world. As long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. Now, Jesus went home. Isn't that true? He's somewhere right now. Where is he? Right hand of the Father. That's right. Making intercession for all of us who are not in darkness. And now he says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put her under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. That's what we need to start giving attention to and more increasingly attention to. Okay, on a Tuesday, am I praising Jesus like I do on a Sunday? On a Friday night, 
Friday, Friday night. Am I praising Jesus like I do on a Sunday? All right. Now let's keep moving on. We're in verse by verse teaching. So you know how this goes. We're walking right through the words of John 1 verses 9, 10, 11 here. It says, which gives light to everyone. So the true light gives light to everyone. God knows, God shows no partiality. It comes from Romans 2, 11. No respecter of persons, right? It's like, look, if I would do it for one, I will do it for all. I'm not just going to bless Sandy. I'm going to bless everybody. Know, therefore, that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. So don't ever let anyone tell you, oh, God just loves you and everything's just going to go great because God loves you so much. That is not true. God loving you so much is true. But that everything is going to turn out great for you just because God loves you, that's not. He keeps covenant and steadfast love to those who love him or with those who love him and keep his commandments. So what I'm telling you is not, it's not just enough for God to love you. And it's not just enough for God to love you and for you to love God. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And it's echoed here. That when the Bible repeats things, we need to sit up and take notice. There's a thread woven throughout the whole scripture that says, look, I've got a plan. Do the plan. In Galatians 3, it says, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There is no male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now we belong to this family. There's a change. Paul also tells the church in Colossia the same thing. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter your nationality, your freedom status, either gender, all the divisive language we use to create divisions among us. People are great at that, unfortunately. That's why I like this organization called Restore Unity. I like that. We need to restore the unity among us. And also, I just bought Francis Chan's new book, Until Unity. I'm excited to read that. Because if you know me, you know I like Francis Chan. He's got a lot of good things to say. Because he's like, look, just, ah, just this. Just do this. Amen. So Jesus rolls us all up in his one family. And in fact, uh, into himself. He rolls us up into himself and he says, there. Now you're all one. (laughs) You can put away all this bickering (laughs) and divisiveness. And now you can get about making disciples and loving one another. Break. All right, this true light that gives light to all was coming into the world. Now in OSL level four, which will be coming up in the fall, it's my favorite level. I want to teach it to you and I want to teach it to you live. And so, again, just as we're asking people to, to jump into level three, if, even if you've taken level three before, come again. We're reshaping. It's almost like a restart after COVID. Everything has to restart, right, after the lockdowns. So we're almost like restarting, re-enculturating all of us. What are we really about? And to hear those truths over and over again when you come into level three, even if you've graduated it, oh, it's going to light you up. And we are going to synthesize together. It's going to be great. And so uh, we mine the depths of this a really applicable truth in level four. And so uh, 
when you graduate this level three coming up in two weeks, you can sign up for level four. All right. The Bible says he was in the world and the world was made through him. We remember that. And I was beside him as a master craftsman and the Logos, right? All right. The word Logos gets born into this world as a human. Into the world he created as a master craftsman. Right beside God the Father the whole time. And as God himself. Now... The Logos coming into the world fully man and fully God, but he didn't retain all of his God powers when he was here. Is that, is that an okay way to say it? God powers? All right. So we're going we're gonna to talk about this more in level one. If you're new or if you want a refresher, the next time we do level one, we go into great detail, and it is so precious to mine these truths. It says, he was in the world, and the world was made through him. That's an intimate knowledge, isn't, wouldn't you think? intimate knowledge it's like when when i make a song and i'll layer all the tracks and i'll play this part and i'll play that part and i'll sing and i'll put effects on it and i'll try to master it although i'm terrible at that and i know every bit of that and that's why it's like if i ever play music for people that i've written i'm like oh listen to this you know no one cares but me like oh listen that one note oh (laughs) three minutes oh that one you know anyway it's ridiculous, I, and I know it. I know it, but here I am. He made the world, yet the world did not know him. How? The world did not know him. You ever have those awkward moments? You encounter someone, hey, Carla! <laughs> hey, you! You know, man! <laughs> It's been a long time. I know. How long has it been? You know, you're like, oh, <gasps> desperate, desperate, desperate. How long has it been? You know? Oh, yeah, that's, that's not good. There's a, they might be giant song called the Mesopotamians, you know? And he's like, man, I thought that you were dead. He's like, no, I've been right here the whole time playing bass guitar. <laughs> that's a great line. It's a great line. See, knowing about someone and knowing them are different things. Who knows that's true? all right kids the world did not know jesus didn't we just say it did the bible just say it okay is there anyone that you know about but you don't know personally how about in the front row is there anyone that you know about but you don't know personally that's not true who else Who, who, who do you know about you know something about but you don't know them you haven't met them who you talk about all the time in Jurassic Park? Chris Pratt. There you go. There you go. Yeah, okay. Jonathan, I will attest under oath, penalty of perjury, that I hear a lot about Chris Pratt in Jurassic World and Guardians of the Galaxy and Avengers and all this, right? <laughs> Thank you. I got one shout out. So, okay, how about this, though? Someone raise your hand. I'm going to ask you a question. Does Jesus know everybody? Hold on. Wait. Adults, shame. For shame. Jaden, you got the hand up first. Does Jesus know everybody? Yes. Oh, there it is. There it is. That's a good answer, Jaden. Let me read to you Matthew 7, verses 21 through 23. 
Ed, do you want to put this one up on the screen? Matthew 7, 21 through 23. I want us to follow this a little bit because sometimes it's true. Jesus knows everybody, right? It's true. But he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name? Sounds like that other scripture we read, right? False Christs, false prophets doing a lot of signs and wonders that could even draw away believers if possible. Sounds like that. And then Jesus says, I will declare to them, what? What? I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. What? We know on one hand that Jesus does know everything. Knows all of us. But there's a difference between knowing about someone and knowing them relationally, intimately, connectedly. I never knew you. We were never a thing. We were never together. We must devote, I'm talking to you now, we must devote ourselves to the word, to the logos. So we can know Jesus in that way, and Jesus can know us. How terrible would it be to get to heaven and say, I don't know you. Who are you? Remember back in something, I raised my hand and I told the preacher I was getting saved that day? No one looking around, every eye closed. <laughs> you know? I never knew you. You didn't live your life in obedience to me. You didn't pursue me. You didn't love me with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. I never knew you. So we like to say these answers, of course. They're, they're true. But there's a deeper truth. Peter, do you love me? Ah, Lord, you know. Do you love me? Lord, come on. All right. Are you okay hanging around me a little bit? Yes, you know I do. You know, right? Peter. And Jesus having this exchange where Jesus trying to get to this knowing one another, intimacy, relationship. And, and Simon Peter can't even bring himself to do it in that moment. It's sad. We have got to get past that. See, Paul sacrifices everything and he tells us why. That I may gain Christ and be found in him. That I may know him, verse 10 says, of Philippians 3, and the power of his resurrection, and may share his sufferings, and become like him in his death. That's Philippians 3, 9 and 10. Is that heavy? Does that sound like everything's going to be perfect just because Jesus loves you? No. There's, there's an hour part, too, right? <laughs> Imagine you got this rope bridge, right? And it extends in infinitely. Okay, so you have all the rope bridge in the world. It's sturdy, it's strong. And God connects it over here, right? And he throws it to you. And you don't catch it. And you don't stake it down on the other side of that pit. 
guess where you're going to end up? That's right. Don't let it happen to you. And don't let anyone deceive you falsely to say, oh, well, because Jesus is love. And, and that's why it's everything. Everything's going to be all right. Rockabye. It's not, it's not going to be all right. Not without Jesus. Not without knowing him. And Paul says that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Jesus had to die to some things. We have to die to some things. I'm almost tempted right now to ask you privately or quietly, what am I willing to pay? What am I willing to give up? What am I willing to sacrifice? What am I willing to lay on that altar and say, God, you've said you don't want this for me, yet I've kept it. I need to give it to you. Because it's so easy to come to church on a Sunday And it's so easy to sit and listen as the words of Scripture wash over you. However, (laughs) I'm trying to think of an analogy because, you know, you you take a shower or whatever, right? It's like you're washing or whatever. But what if you had a jacket on? Well, you're not going to get very clean in the jacket part. Yeah, but I'm scrubbing. Yeah. But it's acid rain. It's going to get everything, (laughs) whatever, right? Look, it's not going to get clean where you need to get clean. You have to bring that to the table. It says he came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. His own people did not receive him. Remember the ones that he made, right? Beside Father God, as a master craftsman, as God himself, made everything. Nothing was made that was made that wasn't made by him. Parents, have you ever experienced this? You, you bring your children into the world, Yeah? You try to bless them, and they reject you. They turn away. They don't live the way you brought them up. You ever experienced this, anyone? Don't, don't answer. And it's like, I mean, mamas, you, you can maybe understand a little bit of this. He's like, I went through 22 hours of hard, hard labor to have you, and all I got was this lousy episiotomy and stretch marks. This is the thanks I get? And it comes up with some, you know, frequency depending on your family, right? I was like, depending on maybe how you're acting, right? It's like, yeah, but I went to the place, you know. Who knows that there's a cost to demonstrating love? You get in that, okay, you get in that delivery room, right? And there's the lights, these massive lights heating up the room. Muscles are seizing up all on their own. Intermittent, intermittent streaks of agony, and I wasn't even giving birth. That was just me. I can imagine the one on the, in the bed. I was only conscious 60% of the times that we went in for birthing. Two of them, boop, black dried out. Oh, watch his head. <laughs> My wife's laughing vigorously (laughs) because it's true it's true how much more the person suffering the actual pain to demonstrate that love to you how much more sean hill i think wrote a song called how great the love how great the love of jesus christ and it just ripped your heart out 
how much more the person suffering the pain to demonstrate their love to you. Show me the rule that God had to make people, can you? Where do you find that? That God was obligated to make people. Anywhere? I mean, I'll come around with a mic if you think you got something. Show me the rule that Jesus was forced to come to earth. Was he? Oh, remember, compelled by love. Remember that we had that? Jesus wasn't forced to come to earth, was he? Show me the authority that determining morality was within our human purview. We get to decide what's moral. Show me that. Is it anywhere? No. It had always been God and God alone. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word determined in Himself to create you so you could exist. Hallelujah. The Word determined in Himself to create you so that you can enjoy and love and receive love. The Word sacrificed Himself so you could live in glorified, painless, perfect bodies forever in heaven. That was God's idea, not ours. The Word established the one and only moral code that leads to the most abundant life. Isn't that true? We have it written down right here. The code is all in here. And when people argue about this and that inside the world, within the world, it's like, yeah, but get in the spirit and I'll show you what real life looks like. I'll show you what real true love looks like. I'll show you what abundant living looks like. And I'm not afraid of the abundant living. We don't do prosperity gospel over here. I mean, like, as I'm telling you all day, it's not just because God loves you so much. It's, it's a partnership, but he's covenanted himself. And if you love him and keep his commandments, he keeps his covenant with you forever. So we don't shy away from the truth of the blessing. We just don't fall in the ditch on the other side of the road that says it's all blessing all the time, no matter what. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's go to lunch. Right? You're paying. See, that's the prosperity gospel. <laughs> because here, here it comes. Whew. The word would not wriggle out of the torture and pain and death that it took to know you. We, he wants to know you. Remember, I never knew you. He wants to know you. Jesus doesn't want to say that to you. We want to know him. He wants to know you. And the word remains clear and persistent that that demands our attention, demands our attention. So again, what, what, what gets your attention the rest of the time? Is it godly stuff? Is it Jesus stuff? It demands our thankfulness. It demands our commitment. It demands our devotion. It demands our very lives. Lives lived as living sacrifices, right? Yes. On some level, I'm dying Whilst living, right? It's only God can create things like this. I'm giving up all of this. Whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will find it or save it. This living our lives holy and pleasing to the Lord, that should be our aim and our focus. Do these descriptions of your part of this relationship and Jesus match how you live your life every day? The ones that I'm giving to you right now, do they, does this match the life 
that knows Jesus, does that match your life, how you would describe your life? Maybe how others would describe your life. Can anyone else even see it? Can anyone else see, does, do they know that you're a Christian at all? It's one of the saddest things when someone like at work would say, oh, I didn't know you were a Christian. Oh, really? Have I been doing that bad a job? You know, letting my light shine? That makes me sad. Or, on the converse, do you put Jesus in the Sunday box, right? With, with the Sunday clothes and the Sunday face and the Sunday language. And then when just this part of Sunday is over, then he gets right back in the Sunday morning box as we go off and do our thing. It's worth thinking about, it's worth considering, and it's worth making decisions over. Amen? We must. Do you hang with Jesus in the good moments and then forget about him when something gets tricky or sticky? You don't go to him? Or do you seek him out only when you're in a sticky moment and you forget about him when things are good and you don't even think to go thank him? Or Jesus cleanses the ten lepers from their leprosy and one comes back and thanks him? He's like, wait a second. I'm, I... However good at math or bad at math you are, you can know that there's a difference between 10 and 1, right? Weren't there 10 of you? Where's the other 9? Do you seek him out when it's good and when it's bad? Jesus said, I stepped into, this is the the title of the message, by the way. I stepped into my own creation and all I got was this lousy rejection. I stepped into, it's a long title, I stepped into my own creation and all I got was this lousy rejection. Remember those t-shirts? All I got was this lousy t-shirt. I stepped into my own creation and all I got was this lousy rejection. Sad. So let's honestly ask ourselves this question. Does my life reject Jesus or do I really know him and allow him to really know me? Let's ask the Holy Spirit as a body, as a collection of individuals together, living life together. Let's ask him to reveal the truth about you to you. Can we do it? Because who knows that I'm not trying to police anybody. I don't want that job. That's not my job. My job is to teach and instruct and, and inspire and encourage and say, come on, you can do it. Come on, step up, step up to, this, to this level. And enjoy that. Put away the things that are causing you to suffer. Because God doesn't want that for you. Let me ask the Holy Spirit, each one, can you bow your heads? Lord, right now we're intentionally eliminating all distraction so that we can focus on you and what you're saying to us. We're going to ask you to reveal some things to us and ask you what to do about it. We're going to ask you for an instruction on the fix. Lord, how do we fix or adjust? Or how do we, maybe we're going to hear, you're doing great. Keep it up. Lord, in whatever situation that is, may we not deceive or or fool ourselves. Thinking that we're doing better than we're doing. But would you call us up and then give us the fortitude to shape our lives, to remake our, our schedules and our calendars, to not just accommodate you, but to really base everything else in our life on top of 
You are our firm foundation. You are the rock. You are the Christ, Son of the living God. You are the Word became flesh. You are the master craftsman. You are the lover of our souls. You are the covenant keeper. You are the blessed windows opener. You are the healer. You are the savior. You are the baptizer with the Holy Spirit. You are our soon coming king. And for all that, may we not toss you a t-shirt that all you got was this lousy rejection from those that you love so much that you sacrificed your life and you gave your death for all of us to decide to be with you for eternity starting now. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Holy Spirit, fill this house of worship. Fill each heart, fill each mind. Speak to us, Lord. Show us who we are. In fact, would you just ask the Lord yourself, say, God, show me who I am. Show me who I am before you. Am I pleasing you? What, what, do you? what do you want me to do? What do you want me to stop? What do you want me to change? What do you want me to invest more into? I just want you to be aware that that could very well be an answer coming back that is not a what but a who. It could be a divine who, it could be a natural who. God, what are you saying to me? I want to know you more. I want to know the power of your resurrection. And not rejecting the fellowship of your sufferings. It's all part of the package. I acknowledge that today, maybe for the first time. But because of your great love for me, I gladly receive that. I count it all joy. You produce in me. You keep on producing in me. You keep on making me who you always knew I could be. Who you've destined me to be. feel like the Lord has been speaking something to you? Can you just acknowledge me? I'm looking at you. You feel like the Lord is saying something to you? Thank you, Lord, for speaking. Thank you for making yourself clear and making yourself known. And Father, as the shepherd of this community of faith, I say on on our behalf, Lord, that we're devoting ourselves to the word. 
devoting ourselves to obedience and to love as the doctrine of the apostles is teaching us. Thank you for everything. You've given us your word. You've given us life. And you even gave us your life, Jesus. And you've made us the light of the world. May we live like that and please you. And Jesus, we pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. I hope this is helpful to you. And, and I want to tell you, and I've, I've planned this in my notes, as we go verse by verse through the Bible, <laughs> we're bound to come upon some of these weeks that are a little more like, oh, well, I didn't, that didn't make me so happy. That's kind of a drag. <laughs> if I'm honest, you know, it's kind of a bummer. But I, I tell you what, we're not going to skip over the hard parts. That's not what the Bible's meant for. The, you, you don't get the good news without the bad news. And so would you just take today, you know, kind of as the muted sort of thing that it was, take it as, as a, a wake-up call, right? As the bad news. And then next week, I can't, I can't even believe that next week is the 4th of July. We celebrate our independence and our freedom because of the message that's coming. I already know the message that's coming uh, because the Lord has already given it to me. And so I'm excited that you would be here, not just for the, the bummer part, but for the exciting part. Would you come and be a part of both? Get, get the, the whole picture. <laughs> I would hate to send you away with just this. You're like, man, that was rough. Is that what they do over there at the rock? <laughs> no, we, we just tell you the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me God. So. That's what uncompromised Bible teaching means. And so uh, with all of my love, I am I'm calling you back. And not only that, but Pastor Jennifer will give you other instructions because the call on your life is not over. It's not even over today. 